0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco, along with your host, James Rapine. A big trade has once again shaken up the top of the 2021 NFL draft and gives us insight into what's going to happen before the Bengals pick and, well, what the Bengals might do with their number five pick. Duke Tobin also talked to Dan Horde quite a bit over on the Bengals Booth podcast, and we'll talk about some of the takeaways from listening to what Duke had to say on Monday. James, let's start. With this trade, Carolina acquires Sam Darnold for a six-round pick in 2021. So they give up zero premium 2021 picks for Darnold and a future second and a future fourth. So not a whole lot in terms of the return for Darnold. The Jets do get their second second-round pick for 2022 here. So they now have four picks in the first two rounds, I think two years in a row. Maybe they only have the two first rounders this year, but quite a bit of draft capital there for the Jets. And the Panthers get a quarterback that they've invested in. And maybe you don't see it as a huge investment, but they gave up three draft picks, including a second rounder. And not only that, they've said that they're picking up his fifth year option. So at least for two years, it appears the Carolina Panthers are
1: committing to Sam Darnold. They got their guy. And they, they were certainly open. And I feel like one of those teams that uh, a lot of guys could be their guy. But for the next couple of years, you're right. Sam Darnold is their guy. And so the the likelihood of them taking a quarterback eighth overall, well, probably low. But the likelihood of them trading up for a quarterback is nil. They're not doing it because you're right. They gave up three draft picks now. And that allows them at eight to do kind of what the Bengals are doing, which is take the best player available, potentially the best non-quarterback available, and it's a good spot to be in if you're Carolina because three quarterbacks off the board, maybe four with the first four picks, they could get one of these top guys that we've talked about for the Bengals, and that could fall to eight, and uh, obviously it impacts um, what the Jets are doing. Clearly, they're going with quarterback probably Zach Wilson. So all of the the rumblings we've talked about and all the ideas, uh, you know, this idea that. Three top players could be there for the Bengals at five. That That's very much alive. That's a possibility. The Kyle Pitts, the Jamar Chase, the Penny Sewell, that trio, not necessarily in that order. they uh, They all could be there when the Bengals are on the clock, and that's a really good place to be. And the
0: point you make there that the Panthers aren't trading up means that the only teams that you're really looking at in the top 15, and I say 15 because the Patriots are one of them that could be interested in trading up for a quarterback are at this point, the Denver Broncos picking nine and the new England Patriots picking 15. Carolina was another one at eight, but Detroit with the way that they've structured Jared Goff's deal, they're locked into Goff for 2021 and 2022. So while they might draft a quarterback, if they stay put at seven, which would still be surprising to me, but, they could do it. I don't think that there's any world in which Detroit is trading up for a quarterback. And that's the same way I feel about Carolina at this point. Unlikely that they pick one in the first place. But like you said, James, no world where they're trading up for it. So that kind of tells you a couple of things. Either they talked to Atlanta and Atlanta said no, and that could tell you that Atlanta's picking a quarterback there themselves, or you know they were just they had their heart set on Deshaun Watson at this point. Deshaun Watson. Probably pretty untradable for Houston, and and instead they shifted their sights on a guy that maybe they think with with Joe Brady they can revitalize his career in a real offense in Carolina. But for the Bengals, this really just means there's not a trade back that feels comfortable at this point mm-hmm. because if you have to go all the way back to nine, well now you're not getting Jamar Chase or or Penny Sewell most likely at that spot. Although Sewell could ostensibly still get there, depending on what happens. It's unlikely you can't guarantee it. And we've heard from Malik, right? That they don't want to draft Kyle Pitt. So really, if it's only one of those two guys that the trade back partners, that the price went up, right? The Mm -hmm. the amount that it's going to take for the Bengals to move off that spot will
1: be very, very large. And to me, If I'm the Broncos, I'm not willing to do it now. I dare Detroit. Hey, go ahead, take a quarterback, do it, right? I'm daring some of these teams. Carolina, go ahead and take a quarterback after you just traded for Sam Darnold and you picked up his fifth year option. You're not gonna do that. And and so you're in a good spot. If you're Denver, you don't have to overpay. And Outside of New England trading up, or maybe Washington all the way from 20 trading up, or 19 I think it is, one of those two. you're you're not gonna have to to deal with that. You don't have to worry about that. So if you're the Bengals, yeah, the idea of Penny Sewell being there at nine before the Panthers trade, semi-likely, especially if the Falcons take a quarterback afterwards, it's it's not likely because I think the Dolphins are taking Chase if he's there, or Pitts, one of those two. And then you're telling me the Lions can't use Jamar Chase if Pitts goes six? Of course they can. And the Carolina Panthers, absolutely could use Penny Sewell. And they have their quarterback. Why not bring in Sewell? So that the, the path to a trade down, it's just not happening, Bengals fans. And I know there was this kind of fun team on social media. We've talked about Team Chase, Team Sewell. There was a team trade down, and I've gotten some messages about that over the past uh, couple of days. It's just not happening. And that's okay, because the Bengals are going to get a really, 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 really good prospect at number five.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about another reason it's not happening. And, and that's what Duke Tobin had to say uh, on Dan Horde's podcast in just a minute here. We'll talk about that. But before we go there, let's just talk a little bit about why the trade back would make sense. I feel like we've talked about it on the podcast before, but maybe there's somebody new listening today. Who's like, why would they trade back out of this <laughs> premier spot? And and the obvious reason is teams are desperate for quarterbacks. Austin Gale from PFF pointing this out today just highlighting the return for guys like Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold, who were two of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, at least by their standards and, and honestly by a lot of standards in 2020, both of those guys returning future second. And in Carson Wentz's chase, uh, a pick that has a chance to turn into a first round pick. And we know that the NFL values rookie quarterbacks and, and draft picks higher. It seems than than most established players, unless they're, bonafide superstars. So there's this idea that exists that that is very possible where the Bengals could get a team like you mentioned, James, Denver, New England, Washington in in a bidding war against each other and potentially get, you know, a future first, a future second to go along with some extra picks this year. And there's a really good argument for that making sense because the draft, you, you tend to get overconfident in your evaluations, especially in the first round. And, and generally speaking, historically, the more draft picks you make and, and the more the more swings you have, the, the more likely it is that you find actual difference makers for your team. But according to Duke Tobin, it doesn't sound like that's going to be likely. So let's get into what Duke Tobin had to say, James, coming up next.
1: Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, and March Madness is over, a national champion crowned. We don't know as we're recording this who won yet, but if you weren't smart enough to get off the sidelines and get with BetOnline.ag, there's still time to get in on the prop bets. The NFL Draft, we're going to cover it every damn day between now and April 29th when it begins, and guess what? You can get in on the action and make money while you're watching the Bengals Take whoever they're going to take fifth overall. If you're feeling strong about it, you can wager on Penny Sewell being the first offensive lineman off the board or Jamar Chase being the first wide receiver, Kyle Pitts going in the top five. All of those prop bets and more at betonline.ag. Plus, they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Head to their website at betonline.ag right now. Check them out. And when you sign up for free... Make sure you use promo code On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's that simple. BetOnline.ag, promo code On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. James,
0: let's jump right on into Duke Tobin's discussion with Dan Horde on the Bengals Booth podcast. Encourage you guys to go listen to it for yourself, but whenever Duke Tobin talks, it's always worth... Listening for me and and trying to dissect what he says because Duke, like Zach Taylor, like Steve Radicevic, when we talked to him the other day, like everybody we've talked to from the Bengals organization or really any NFL organization, is really good at not saying much. I mean, Dan asked him point blank at one point, James, at the end of the interview Is there a pick where you guys aren't comfortable trading past? you know, if it's 10 or if it's 15 and Duke goes, well, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, you know? So sometimes Duke is really straightforward about stuff like that. And there are some things that, you know, he's just not going to tell you. Like when we talked to Steve, I I said, I know you can't tell us who you want to take at five, but, but can we talk a little bit about this other thing that has to do with who you want to take at five? And, you know, Duke was effusive in his praise for the three guys that Dan named in consideration for that pick. He, he's he says that, you know, Pene Sewell and Jamar Chase are probably both guys that, that are worthy of being picked high in the draft. But that's all he's going to say. You know, if you're going to ask him, what are you looking for in in your fifth pick? He's going to say, well, we're looking for guys that have the traits that we're after at the positions and, and the value that we want. And that's going to be all you're going to get a lot of the time. But for, for all of his using a lot of words to not really say anything, you, you <laughs> still do get some stuff that's interesting. And, and the first thing I want to talk about, James is, you know, Dan asked him was one of your top priorities going into free agency, the offensive line. And, and that conversation essentially finished with, are you guys still looking for some offensive linemen? And I thought it was really interesting. Duke and Steve really in lockstep here. We're not signing names. We're signing ability levels. And, and I don't know if he's talking to the Trey Turner people directly on Twitter. But but I think it might be time to let go of the Trey Turner name once and for all.
1: At least, at least right now at this stage, at the money he wants, right? It, it's it's all of those things combined, and th- they probably look at it draft wise, and they're like, hey, we can find someone who's younger, uh, offers more value, is going to be under contract longer, and has just as much of a skill set. Plus, he can be molded by Frank Pollock, who we truly believe in. And and so that that's a factor here too. But, but I agree with you. They, they're not content with their offensive line, but they clearly weren't panicking going into free agency. They weren't going to just give Joe Tooney whatever he asked for, sign on the dotted line, please, and come home and save Joe Burrow. Like That's just not how they viewed it. And I don't think they should have viewed it that way. Now, that doesn't mean that they've done enough offensive line-wise. I think you and I both agree that another veteran, that, that's, that's the missing piece. It's crazy to think about. But they're like a Matt Filer signing away from me feeling completely fine about where they're at offensive line wise going into the draft, knowing that they can add some young guys that might start, but also might not need to start right away. And and unfortunately, they didn't do that. And maybe it isn't rational to view it that way, that one veteran like Filer can be make or break. And I don't think they view it that way. But I, I think that that's. That's kind of where a lot of people are, and that's why the Trey Turner, I think most people know who Trey Turner is. They don't expect him to be a Pro Bowler if the Bengals did sign him, but he's some kind of proven veteran that can come in and give you something, at least in their eyes, but clearly the Bengals don't view it that way.
0: Well, I think the Bengals watch the same tape that everybody else can watch on Trey Turner. Maybe a reason that he's still on the street. He was just bad in 2020. Sure. He, He took a step back. And so the, the team I think has confirmed this to us and without, without saying as much, you know, without naming names. Um, but you know, I think that the reason that we're where we are is because we went into free agency, expecting the Bengals to sign two starting offensive linemen and they signed one and they signed Quentin Spain to bring him back to be in the conversation and, and to compete for left guard on a prove it deal, but the money they're paying him, that's not starter money. They they didn't go give Quentin Spain a four or $5 million deal to, to be a starter that, that money says he's competing. And so you're right. There is still this hole in the offensive line. And and when he was asked about the offensive line, Duke did fall back on it on an excuse that we've heard from this organization. And I say excuse, and maybe that's a little harsh, but you know, he talks about we need to be healthier on the offensive line. He feels like they can be better if they're healthy. And, and the addition of Reef, he thinks, would would improve the offensive line against what it was last year. And we're going to do a whole episode talking about the offensive line because I asked you guys on Twitter, what can we talk about this, not the draft? I'm sick of the quote-unquote discourse around the draft right now. So what else can we talk about? And and a few people suggested that we do this, James, and it's something that we've done in the past. And of course we'll do again, and and that's going to be position group reviews. So we're going to start doing that here pretty soon. And we'll talk about how the offensive line is truly different than the group they went into the year with last year in 2020. But despite this projected confidence, which is the first time I've really heard this level of confidence from the team this off season in the offensive line, it still sounds like he's planning to add some people. They're still looking uh, on the free agency market to some degree. And you know, when he's talking about, I think we'll be better with the guys we have. He's still saying that with, and we're going to make some
1: additions. And that's the thing is I think they're still open to adding a piece, especially a versatile piece that can play center or guard. That would be great. If you could find out potentially, uh, potentially a starting center, right? Depending on how Billy Price fares and Trey Hopkins' health, maybe the the veteran that you bring in ends up being a, a starter for at least a couple of games in 2021, depending on how things go. But two names that that stand out that the Bengals have been tied to, Nick Easton, former Texan, Brett Jones, former Viking, backup center slash guard types that are probably going to end up signing a Quentin Spain type deal. And maybe they're just kind of trying to decide there, but it did sound like, and this is me just basing it on tone and and what Duke said to Dan, that something was in the works. And it it could be something as simple as as adding one of these guys, and I'm not going to say that Bengals fans should be satisfied by it, but I do think that if you can get another veteran in that room, it would make a little bit of a difference. And it did sound like Duke was confident that they're going to do that potentially before the draft.
0: Especially if there's any track record of success and it's not just, you know, we're going to go pay Bobby Hart $21 million over three years, because if they make another deal that looks like that and, you know, Nick Easton ends up getting a three year, $15 million deal from them. I'm not going to say that it's a good deal because they just simply haven't played at that level or in Easton's case specifically, you know, has been dealing with some injuries. So we'll see what the deals are. We'll see what the draft picks are. We'll see if we get any, movement on unrestricted free agents or if they're limited to just street free agents between now and the draft because the monday after the draft james all the compensatory picks and all that stuff goes out the window and so they can kind of lock themselves into that fourth maybe third round pick they're going to get for lawson and see if they want to get active again after the draft and speaking of the draft duke did have a lot to say about the draft as well when he was talking to dan so let's shift gears and focus on what Duke had to say when Dan asked him about the number five pick and trading back and whether Joe Burrow is involved and what about offensive line depth and wide receiver depth. All of those answers from Duke Tobin and and what that tells us coming up next. James's Toyota Corolla is one of the most common vehicles in the United States. Maybe you don't drive one of the most common vehicles in the United States and you need something that is from I don't know, a Kia Stinger, say. The the new Kia Stinger that I saw driving around the other day. Well, it's impossible for the stores to stock parts for every single car. And so instead of wasting your time going down to the store and and finding out that the person behind the counter types in their name of of your make and model and they don't have the part you need, just go to rockauto.com. You've got your computer at home, you've got your phone at home, and they've got a very simple, easy-to-use website that will have parts for every make and model out there from a fuel pump to an air filter, they've got it at rockauto.com. So go over to the website right now, check out all of their parts available for your car or truck. Make sure that you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box because you're gonna love their prices and if you need car parts, you're gonna be happy to buy them from rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, will ever need, rockauto.com. James, I thought Dan did a really good job in this interview with Duke Tobin. He asked a lot of the questions that I think have been on the minds of Bengals fans. I mean, even starting at the beginning, was the plan in free agency to address the offensive line? He just asked Duke straight up, was that the priority? And, you know, Duke danced around it a little bit. But getting into the draft, I thought that the questions were pretty interesting as well. He, he got to the heart of the tradeback question. We talked about this at the top of the show. And Duke said something to the effect of, we think we're in a premier spot and we're going to have to be careful not to get greedy. And this was in response to a question about a, a tradeback because you know, Duke was saying, we think we can get a premier talent. And if we trade back, we, we have to be careful we don't trade back so far that we can't get that premier talent anymore. And being as we suspect that they're not considering pits and and that the the considerations are most likely Jamar chase and Penny Sewell. Well, that probably means they don't want to trade back further than seven. And, you know, I I don't think Detroit is coming up. So I thought that this is pretty interesting in the context of the Carolina trade that we talked about earlier, Duke kind of dousing the flame of the team trade back. And and there's a great argument for trading back that we talked about, but it doesn't sound like the Bengals are even a little bit interested this
1: year. And I'm okay with it because if you can get a premier and that's the word he used, so I'll use it player on a team where you feel like you have a premier quarterback and whether it's Sewell or chase and or Pitts, but again, it feels like it's Sewell versus chase. And I think we're all confident in saying that then you do it. And I, I don't knock them one bit. And I think that they probably thought that there was a chance they could move back to eight and still get Sewell. But that that door closed when the Carolina Panthers now kind of open themselves up to taking Sewell if he's there. And and we'll see if he is. But uh, I, I think it's going to come down to Chase or Sewell. The great debate continues less than four weeks between now and the draft. It doesn't
0: continue on this podcast. Unfortunately, because for, for everybody listening, I'm just sick of it, guys.
1: Well, uh, it's going to continue at some point, maybe not on this episode, but it'll continue. I, I mean, we'll have guests on that are going to give their take on it.
0: Sure. We we can talk about it, but I, I think that every single point that could be made has been made. There, There's literally nothing new to say on the subject, and that's why I'm sick of it. We We can ask opinions. Sure, I'm fine hearing opinions from anybody we have on the show. And we do plan on having people on the show but but i i have heard literally every single argument for Pene Sewell. I've heard every single argument for Jamar Chase. None of you are saying new things anymore, quite frankly, and uh I, that that's why I'm tired of it because either way you know they're they're getting a premier player, and maybe there's an optimal way to do it. Maybe we think there's a better way to do it but the the reality is is uh n- nobody knows. And and that goes back to the trade back conversation earlier. You know, everybody in the world thinks that Penny Sewell is the best tackle in the class, except like Daniel Jeremiah. And most people think Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in the class, except for Mike Tice, who's doing the wide receiver rankings for Bleacher Report. Really smart guy. He, he likes Rashad Bateman the best in this wide receiver class. So there are some differences of opinion, but... The consensus is out there, but the reality is is nobody has any idea and there's always busts that you don't expect and there's always great players that you don't expect. So it's just another, another reason that I'm done with the debate. If the Bengals hit their draft picks, regardless of who they take, there's a lot of ways to win football games and uh, the, the most important thing is that they, they don't whiff.
1: I think it is worth pointing out as we continue to dissect What Duke Tobin had to say, and he is going to speak with the media, by the way, before the draft. So at some point we'll get a little more Duke Tobin and hopefully we can dissect more of this. But uh, his conversation with Dan Hart, the one other thing that stood out, at least to me, and I think it did to you too as well, Jake. He did talk about the depth at offensive line and the fact that you can find starters in round three, He's starting level grades on third rounders is I think how he he said it or phrased it on second to third rounders. And I'm paraphrasing a little, but I I think it, it does it justice. And so regardless of whether or not the Bengals go with Sewell at five, I think they also see that they may be able to double dip and get another offensive lineman that could start potentially if things go well or don't go well, depending on how you look at it, I guess, in rounds two or three. And we talked about it on yesterday's show, this idea that they're going to, definitely go wide receiver at 38 and offensive lineman they may double dip and go offensive line offensive line or go offensive line edge offensive line and and that was one of my takeaways is that they certainly see the the depth and the not just the depth but the the quality prospects that are going to be there on day two in the offensive line room yeah, that's
0: exactly right. And in a comparative sense, he said that wide receiver, he, he said, wasn't really as deep. He did talk about the fact that there's a lot of different styles of wide receiver in this draft, which is absolutely true, but the quality of wide receiver, not as deep. And he started his answer when he was talking about it by saying that not quite as deep as wide receiver. And the thing is, I mean, we talked about this, I think yesterday when we were looking at all the second round options, it's very unlikely that that I think a second-round wide receiver is the guy. Unless it is a guy like Rashad Bateman who falls or Terrace Marshall who falls, or unless they do something that surprises us and they pick a guy like Elijah Moore who looks like he needs to be either stacked or in the slot in the NFL because he's going to have issues with press. Or, or they surprise us by taking a guy that you know doesn't hit their thresholds that we're used to seeing them have. And that's something else we're going to talk about, by the way, in those positional overviews is where we expect them to draft a player at that at that position, we can talk about their thresholds and their history for drafting those positions and, and talk about who they might not pick. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I think that even if they draft Sewell first, you could see numerous offensive linemen picked on day one, day two with, with Penny Sewell leading the pack. You could also see that if, if Jamar Chase is leading the pack, if you see Jamar Chase in the first round, though, like I said, yesterday, I think that means that they're certainly picking offensive line in the second round, because that that just makes so much pressure to to add somebody with a still premium pick at that point.
1: And by the way, I just want to double and triple down on this point. And you can go back and and obviously listen to the Bengals Booth podcast as we dissect this interview with Duke Tobin. But I don't think this by any stretch means that Duke is saying, "Oh, well, wide receiver isn't as deep." Yeah. We're going with Jamar Chase at five. Yeah. And so I just want to hammer that point home. I don't, I, I never got the sense of that. Uh, if I did, I think we'd be willing to say it. I don't think you did either, Jake. I'm not trying to speak for you, but that that to me was not the tone. He was just talking about the positions as a whole. And yeah, they, they can probably, and, and that might be why they didn't go after and haven't gone after a Trey Turner. If they feel like they can get a starting guard in round three, potentially at 69, they're, they're drafting at the top of round three, then they're probably going to feel pretty confident in, in, in staying put and doing that. And and that might be part of why they haven't gone after some of these bigger time or at least bigger named veteran players that we think could potentially help them.
0: Well, and I don't even know if Trey Turner could help them. I know we talked sure. about it a lot and I know he has a history like, sir, sure, he could get back to that level, but I'm not terribly confident in it at this point. Uh, one last thing I thought was interesting and kudos to Ben baby for pointing this out. Ben actually has some of these direct quotes typed out on his timeline, but uh, Dan asked Duke is Joe burrow involved in the process. And, and Duke said, I talked to a lot of people throughout the process. He's an engaging guy. And i like to talk. I'd like to engage with engaging guys and we'll just leave <laughs> it at that. So, uh, yep. I, I would say that Duke has talked to Joe a little bit about the draft and has gotten his thoughts. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, and it's funny because the the tone has certainly changed since those reports that Burrow's pushing for uh, Chase. Because I, hell, I asked Zach a few weeks ago, and I think Duke got asked this by by someone else. But come on, you you pick your players' brain your players' brains about these guys, right? And think about it: T. Higgins played at Clemson, Joe Burrow played at LSU. A lot of the prospects the Bengals are looking at it, come from these two schools over the past couple of years. And of course, you're going to ask them about him. Like Jackson, Carmen, if they're looking at him, you don't think they're going to another offensive lineman. You don't think they're going to ask T Higgins. Hey, tell me about him a little bit. Right. And, and the list goes on and on and on. So, uh, I do, I do think that's funny though, that he was a little more coy to Dan.
0: Certainly interesting to watch with reports going back and forth as to how engaged or how much sway Joe Burrow has in the draft process, regardless We will continue to talk about it as there are new reports and new bits of information to dissect. And later this week, we'll start our positional overview series to prepare for the draft. Where are the Bengals at all of these different position groups compared to 2020 as they head into the 2021 draft? But that's going to be it for today's episode of the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you're enjoying what you're hearing and you're new to the show, make sure you follow the podcast wherever, wherever you listen. Until next time, Bengals fans, Hootay, have a good one.